Welcome to the Teacher Transition Podcast, where we celebrate the amazing things former teachers are now doing outside of the classroom, and where teachers who are considering making a move of their own can find the resources, guidance, and support that they need to take their next steps. I'm your host, Allie Parrish, and I'm so glad that you're here. Welcome back for today's episode. Let's have quick shout outs and then hop right into our episode with Brittany Long. Okay, shout outs for today. First off, big shout out to Carrie. I loved hearing that you had your interview with Pearson. I have personal contacts there. So on our next live in the membership, let me get you connected with someone there. Also a shout out to Christine and Sarah. Great job on pacing yourself, right? You guys have been working really, really hard. Good job on knowing when to pause for a bit and not overdo it, right? So great job with that. Good job for Jake and having your resume rewritten for you. I'm so glad that you're loving it and you know, the formatting, what's on it. I love that you're feeling awesome about that. Also, we've got Jennifer. Great job on getting your job offer. And I love how you're thinking through, you know, am I going to take this? Am I not? I love seeing that people are having, you know, options and that you get to choose. This is so great. Also, congrats to Jacinda for pushing forward with things and working on narrowing the skill gap. I love how you are creating your portfolio pieces and things for the job of interest to you. That's so great. And Mel, hello, three interviews lined up. This is great. You're making good things happen. All of these are good signs. And you know how it all came about? Your personal initiative. Awesome. Awesome job. And again, you get to be a decision maker in that interview process as well. You're going to learn so much through it. That's great. Speaking of interviews, Kristen. Kristen has her interview on the horizon. So excited to hear about it. Okay. So keep us posted with that and so much more. You guys, you're doing such great things. You're owning your path and, and you're leaning into it. You're stepping into it. Good job. Give yourself a pat on the back. Look at all the personal growth and development and guts that you have. Awesome job. Cheering for you all the way. Okay. Let's jump into today's episode with my good friend, Brittany Long, after being a teacher, Brittany tried on a handful of things before doing what she now is a pro at. Brittany works with email marketing and ghostwriting. She first did this independently as a freelancer herself, and now she has grown it into an agency where she has other ghostwriters on her team and they create email content for influencers and and a variety of people. She's going to tell you all about this and more. She's also going to share how you can know if this is a good fit for you personally, or if it's not. And if it is, how to narrow that skill gap, gain confidence and experience, and how to actually get started in doing this. We're also going to talk about a little bit about freelancing and insurance and how to step into that if this is the right path for you. But regardless of if you want to do freelancing or work for a company, creating email marketing content is something that you can definitely do at a company as a full-time employee as well, remote or on site. Okay. If you can dream it, we can do it. Let's get you started. And let's jump in with my good friend, Brittany. Brittany, I'm so glad 
that we get to chat today. Thanks so much for coming on. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm excited too. I always like when we get to chat and get together. I know one of my favorite things about work has always been the people that I get to work with mm-hmm. and be around. And so I, I always tell teachers as well, like, don't do what you're doing alone. Don't transition from the classroom alone, have people that you're doing it with. And same thing with like work that I'm doing now. You've been such an awesome, yeah. Friend, you know, yeah. to have, and to do things with. So so thanks it's for that. so fun too, when you leave teaching and have, you know, that different job and really get to choose the people you're around all day, every day. I love that. Yeah, I do too. Good peeps. <laughs> really good peeps. Okay, Brittany, I know that after teaching you now do email marketing and ghostwriting. And I'm so excited for everyone to get to learn from you all about that. And if they can tell that if this is a good fit for them what it's like, all of that. But before we do that, I want you to tell people the different roles that you did prior to finding this and kind of what, maybe what you learned either about yourself or the value of trying on some different things for size. Cause I know a lot of teachers are like, would I like this? Do I like that? Just, yeah. Give us a little summary of different things you tried on, what you learned and how you know that you love what you do now. So I'm definitely an experimenter. I definitely try new things. Um, Anytime somebody says, oh, you shouldn't do this or you should do this. I don't really ever (laughs) believe them. I just always want to try for myself. And so it was a natural fit for me to try a bunch of different things. And when I say a bunch of different things, I literally mean 27 um, or more. I counted at least 27 um, when I, you know, the different side hustles that I've tried throughout my life. And So when I first uh, thought about leaving teaching, I tried, I was a coach for a while, um, a coach is an athletic coach. Um, I was a graphic designer. I did, I wrote a little bit, wrote some sales pages. I built funnels. I had an Etsy shop, a digital product Etsy shop. I had a physical product Etsy shop. Um, Pretty much anything that you can think of (laughs) I've done as far as a side hustle goes. And I used to see it as I'm failing because it, you know, those things weren't working out or I didn't love them. And I'd be like, man, what's wrong with me? And I just would feel like I was such a failure. Um, But then the more that I did them, the more I realized, okay, this is just a stepping stone to get to something else. And so because, and photography is another one. I forgot about that one. So because I did photography, I met somebody that eventually I ended up working for in a completely different role. I did graphic design, funnel building, writing, uh, email marketing. I did so many different things for this person, but we met through photography. And so every step along the way has been one step closer to what I'm doing now and figuring out what I like. And even what I do now has, has changed a little bit as we have a team now. And I get to say, okay, I love this whole, I love this whole company. I love what I do, but now let's look at the micro level of it and get even deeper into it. And so it's like every single step that I've taken has gotten me one step closer to really kind of figuring out who exactly I am and where I fit in the world and all of those things. So it's not just a side hustle. It's not just a job. It's really, it's really something that shaped me into the person that I am now. And then as far as what I've learned or gotten, gotten out of it, um, I think the, I think learning how to be resilient and learning how to push through frustration and learning how to be bad at something (laughs) for that to be okay. And like work through until you're good at it. Um, and how to, how to, really chuck your ego at the door and be like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I need help. I'm going to Google everything (laughs) and really learn and just be in that learning phase and it not mean something about me. I think that's probably the biggest lesson that I learned. 
That's a really good point. You know, a lot of teachers, they've done what they do for years and they're used to being really competent, very experienced. And so anyway, I love, you know, we're almost talking about growth mindset in a way, but also growth in a transition phase, being very teachable and learning. I've also seen firsthand how a ton of those roles and things that you tried on and did have contributed to your base knowledge, you know, like you know, so much about so much mm-hmm. and you've had so much experience to learn it. So yeah, sometimes when we are going through the transition process and trying on different things and doing a variety of roles or, or kind of experimenting with different options, it, we can feel kind of so lost in the weeds and so lost mm-hmm. in the maze of all of it. But then later we get to kind of these like peaks or like lookout points and we look back on it and we can be like, oh my gosh, my life makes sense. You know, like all of these things I've been trying and and going toward, like it makes sense. So anyway, thanks for sharing. It's really, yeah, absolutely. It's really um, interesting. I think that uncomfortable phase or that, yeah, the discomfort phase where you're like, I'm not good at this yet. Doesn't mean you'll not ever be good at it, um, but it's, it's an uncomfortable phase. But if you can kind of embrace that discomfort and say, this is just part of it. And this is going to make me so much better. So many people I've seen get stuck in that discomfort and they give up there. And really like your success is so much closer than you think. It's just a matter of sticking with it and, and failing and failing and failing and failing until you uh, quickly or not quickly necessarily, but until you kind of chunk away at, or at the thing that you're trying to do until you get better at it. So good. I I love how you said like, yet, you know, I'm not good at this yet. It's the power of yet, or I haven't landed this opportunity yet or found this client yet, but yeah, it, it can be so close. So awesome. Okay. Let's get into all things, email marketing and ghost writing. Okay. For those who've never, ever, ever heard about any of this before, how would you describe your role to them? So if you have an inbox, you have experienced email marketing and ghostwriting, you probably just don't know it. So email marketing is the idea of sending emails with the purpose of making sales. And not every email is going to be a sales email. In fact, it shouldn't be a sales email for every email, but um, your intention is to eventually make that sale. And so if you've ever gotten an inbox that says, hey, you have three hours left to buy, blah, 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 that's that's email marketing. Even if you've gotten one that says, hey, I want to get to know you. And it's like one of those automated emails, that's email marketing. And then as far as ghostwriting, so if you've ever gotten an email from an influencer, from a a coach, from a pretty much anybody that has a business online, um, chances are you have seen many ghostwritten emails. A ghostwritten email just means that somebody like me writes that email for somebody like them. I use their words, their tone, their nuances. Um, It's a lot like trying on somebody else's kind of personality. So for me, it's a lot of fun. I always liked playing dress up when I was a kid, but Um, essentially what happens is that business owner, maybe they don't feel great at writing. Maybe they don't love writing. Maybe they are doing so many other things and helping their people that they just don't have time to write. And so they hire someone like me to write like them so that I'm, I'm still sharing their information. I'm just the one actually physically writing it instead, instead of them. I know how to structure it. I know how to get the most out of it. And so they hire somebody like me. Okay. What would you say, you know, for people that are thinking, well, so I just, sit at my laptop. I just write emails. What have been some of the most rewarding aspects of this or people that you've been blessed to get to know, to interact with, to, yeah, to work with 
for those who are thinking like, wait, so this is salesy and it's at my computer just writing all the time. Like tell us some of kind of the positive aspects or, um, yeah, rewarding aspects of this. Most so I, yeah, I love the people that I work for. So I, um, I have enough clients coming in that I get to choose exactly who I want to work with. And so I only choose to work with people that have high integrity, that want to make a difference in the world. Um, yes, they want to make money too, because that's, I mean, otherwise they won't have a business, <laughs> but um, they do genuinely want to make a difference in the world and want to make things better for their family, for other people's families. I love working with people like that. And so knowing that I get to have a part in somebody's somebody's life-changing moment um, is really huge. And so I've worked with people that that help people get out of weird situations or bad situations and like completely change their mindset or completely change their income. And I've gotten emails back from those people and they didn't know it was me. They just were sending the email back, (laughs) but I've gotten emails back from people saying, this is exactly what I need to hear today. Um, We even had an email once from somebody that said, I didn't like, I, I was thinking about ending my life today and I didn't, I'm going to (laughs) get, sorry, I didn't expect this. I'm going to get a little teary, but they said, I didn't because of this email. And so it, it, sometimes things like this, it can seem like it doesn't have that, that lasting impact. But then when you see those kind of emails where people are like, this is exactly what I need to hear today, or I've been going through such a rough time. And what you said gave me hope, like those kind of things reminds me, this isn't just an email this. Yes. It's about sales, of course, but it's not just about sales. It's about making an impact on people. And so that's why personally, I work with people only that care about making an impact on people, because even the sales emails have that element of, even if you don't buy from us, we still want good things for you. And here are some great resources and stuff like that. So knowing that um, my words, the way that I, well, the way that I structured their words really has an impact on at this point, hundreds of thousands of people, more than that, actually, because uh, some of the people that I emailed, their lists are hundreds of thousands uh, large. I don't know how to say that. But knowing that I can have such an impact on so many people is really, really rewarding. And then also knowing that for the from the business owner side, knowing that the business owners that I'm helping, I'm taking something off of their plate so they can spend more time with their family. They can do what they love. I feel like not only am I fulfilling what I love to do, they're getting to fulfill what they love to do. It's just a win-win for everybody. That is, that's so great. Also what you mentioned about, about sales and about, you know, like sure the sales has to have to happen so that they have a business and getting to work with the clients that you like, and, and that you relate with their sense of purpose. I just love knowing, you know, some sales, it's, it's really not about a sale. It's the, if the resource is related with transforming someone's life, then really it's just a transaction leading toward transformation. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, I, I love that you get to work with people that you love and that you are really are influencing, like you said, like more than hundreds of thousands yeah. of, of lives through this. It's great. And I love that I get to, so I love that I get to do that. I love that, like you said, the transactional side of it, it's not just the, here's my money. Okay. Here's this course. It's like, here's my money. Here's this, this thing that could truly change your life. And we've seen it change people's lives. And I'm actually the product of something like that because somebody emailed something out a while back, I took my first course and it was something that had a profound impact on me. And so knowing that somebody else did that for me, I get to continue to do that for others. And so I love that. I love the thought of transformation follows transaction Mm -hmm. and, and it follows action. Oftentimes action is brought about by making a transaction, right? As soon as I like invest myself, literally Mm -hmm. I'm invested in taking the steps. It was that way for launching a podcast. 
I paid, I think $700 to take a course on how to launch a podcast. I had never, ever, ever spent that kind of money on Mm. anything for myself, anything like this. And I remember I thought about it like for so long. And, um, my husband has like some hobbies that he does. And some of them are kind of like, they, they cost money. Mm. Right. And, um, and I told him about it and I told him for a while and he's like, babe, go for it. Like, this is your hobby. Right. And so anyway, I, I remember being like, okay, like I can, I can spend this money. And so that is one of the first things that led to, I can have a way of, of helping people or serving people in this kind of a way, but it, yeah, that transaction led to the transformation, the information and, and things to be able to serve other people. Mm-hmm. Right. So sure. There's a sale involved, but what does that lead to? Does it increase our ability to help others, serve others? Anyway, love that. Okay. Emailing, marketing, copywriting. Let's talk about it as far as a day in the life. And then I want you to share kind of a year in the life of different seasons and things that, um, that influence different work at different stages. But for someone who's like, okay, so what does this actually look like in the trenches day to day? What, yeah. What's the job like? So when I first started, I was doing it all myself. And so it looks different now than when it first started. But when I first started, I was doing it all myself. Um, it would look like, you know, getting on a call every once in a while with somebody telling them what I do, how I can help them. And then as soon as they said yes, and they paid, then I got started. And so I would research the person, I would watch some of their videos. And that was really cool because there's some really interesting topics that I didn't know about that I get to write about. And so that's super cool. Um, like I get to do, I get to work with course creators. I get to work with dentists um, dog trainers, pet psychic, like pretty much any kind of topic that you can think of we've worked with. And it's so cool to learn from them leadership. Like it's just really cool to, and I get to learn, basically I get to learn and I'm getting paid to do it. So that's pretty cool. Um, but as far as the, a day in the life at that point, so I would do the call, I would get started. Um, I would research and then I would start writing and I would write until I could hear their voice when I was reading it back instead of mine. That's a tip that I, um, share with my writers now. And so uh, I would do that. And then typically around lunchtime, I would stop, I would hang out with the family. We would eat lunch together because my husband works at home as well. And um, then we would stop for dinner, do dinner together. And then uh, if I wanted to, I could work in the evening. I I really enjoy what I I do. So sometimes I do, but um, sometimes I don't, it just depends. But typically my day starts around 10 a.m. And then I usually end it around three. Um, I, for writing, I, it depends on my mood for the day. Sometimes I write upstairs in the office. Um, we have a bed in here as well. So sometimes I write up in the office and sit on the bed. Sometimes I sit on the porch outside. Sometimes I'm just not feeling it at all. And I'll do something completely different. Just to, I've noticed that I need that time to daydream and brainstorm and um, just like step away from the computer. So it really just depends on how I'm, how I'm feeling for the day. Um, so that is uh, really how it started, how it is now, because we have an agency where we have ghostwriters uh, that work with us as well. Um, because I, we got to a point where I was getting so many clients, I couldn't, I couldn't do it all myself unless I wanted to work 24 seven, which I don't. So <laughs> I like sleeping, um, you know, in a normal time. So now what it looks like is usually in the morning, I check in with uh, our project manager and I let her know if we have any new clients coming on, what the due date, date is for that. She gives the assignments to our writers. And then um, she usually is the one that does the research and gets everything ready. The writer's write. And then um, I review them. I really enjoy the reviewing part of it. Like that's just super fun for me. So I get to review it. Um, It feels like I'm teaching. So I think that's why I like it. And so then from there, um, 
they make any updates and then we send it to the client. Typically the client is super excited about it. Um, and then if there's anything they want us to change, we'll change it. And then we go from there. So that's pretty much how the day looks. Um, I guess not, all, I guess that doesn't all happen in a day, but for me, sorry, <laughs> I got a little off track, I guess for me, Great. what a day looks like now is checking in. Um, I'll write a little bit if I have something to write. Uh, I'll probably be on a call every once in a while on Mondays and Wednesdays. I do some calls on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I do, I do like content creation, any kind of product creation. Cause I really enjoy doing that. So I do those kind of things. And then on Fridays we take off, we do a no uh, phone, no distraction, no work day with our family. We go hiking, we go to the Springs and then Saturdays and Sundays, sometimes we'll hang out with friends. Sometimes we'll just hang out at home. And so I guess that's more than a day, but I guess the reason I'm telling you all this is because it doesn't all, it like, it doesn't just fit into a day. There's just so much more, uh, it, there's just that ebb and flow. There's those seasons. So Mondays and Wednesdays, I don't want to take calls every day. I don't, I don't enjoy that. So that's why I only do them on Mondays and Wednesdays and then Tuesdays and Thursdays, I get to do content, which I really enjoy. It's great. Okay. What about a day in the life or kind of just a regular work day of someone who's on your team, we'll say someone who's yeah. like new to this from a writing point. So they'll get their assignment. And then, um, usually they'll have the assignment for a few weeks. Sometimes they'll have multiple assignments. And so they'll work on whichever one they feel like working on at that time. They can work, uh, wherever they want, whenever they want, however they want. And I don't care what hours they work or what days they work or anything like that. As long as they're able to get it done before the deadline or at the deadline, um, that's really what matters to me. And so we actually were just hiring ghostwriters recently. And that was one of the things that I told them is you can start when you want and when you want, if you're a late night person work at night, that's fine. If you have kids and you want to work before they get up and then after they go to bed and spend the whole day with them, like, that's awesome. Uh, as long as you're getting things done by the deadline, whenever you want is fine. And so it's easier to eat healthy. It's easier to go on walks and feel better because you don't have that time restriction. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. If you, if a teacher is hearing this right now and if they're wondering, okay, this sounds kind of cool. Like that schedule sounds good. I like writing, or at least I think so. What would you say? These are good gut check questions, or you would know that you're a good fit for this. If mm -hmm. X, Y, and Z, like, how can someone identify if they would be a good fit or not? So if you enjoy writing, that's, that's definitely one to start with. If you enjoy writing, um, if you enjoy using words and crafting words and making sure that it sounds right. If you have people coming to you and saying, how should I say this? You'd probably be a great ghostwriter. But if you like writing, if people come and ask you for your help with writing, if uh, you like being behind the scenes, ghostwriting will probably be good for you. If you don't like being behind the scenes, if you're like, I want everyone to know that I wrote this, then ghostwriting probably isn't the best option for you um, just because you don't really get credit for it. You get paid for it, but it's somebody else's words. You're just really crafting them um, and making sure they flow together and sound right and have the kind of powerful impact you want them to have. Uh, but those are the biggest things is, do I like writing? Do I like being behind the scenes? Do people already um, recognize me as somebody that can help them say things the right way? Uh, those are all good indications that ghostwriting would probably be a good fit for you. If you enjoy learning and growing and taking feedback, then it'd probably be a good fit for you as well. That's a really important piece of it because you do get feedback from clients. And if you don't like feedback, <laughs> then that's going to be a little rough sometimes because you're not writing for yourself, you're writing for them. And so, for example, I wrote for somebody a while back that I kept trying to, <laughs> I kept trying to make it sound better because she was a brilliant woman, but sometimes how she said things was a little kind of chunky or not chunky, clunky, clunky is the word I'm looking for. And so I would try to fix it. And she's like, no, I don't, I, it doesn't sound like me. And so she really wanted it to just sound a, a little bit choppy and that's okay. 
Um, and so being able to kind of separate of this is grammatically correct and like putting it in a box versus this is what the client wants and then making sure it lines up with that. Um, it, it, for me anyway, it really challenges me and stretches me. And I really, really enjoy that. So if you like feedback, if you like being challenged and stretched like that, then that's, yeah, ghostwriting would probably be a, be a great option for you. Okay. Excellent. And this is obviously in a freelancing role, right? It's not like a, a an employee of a company that's getting a W-2 tax form, right? And they're- um, I mean, I guess, I guess in some situations you would, it really kind of depends on the company, but most companies it would not be. Most companies would be an independent contractor role. If it's a company that's cranking out tons of content all the time, like a really big company, like a name brand kind of thing, then they may have somebody like that as an employee. But uh, at least for the people that I hire, it's an independent contractor. And then for the positions I've taken, it's been a freelancer as an independent contractor. And I, personally, I like that better um, because of the flexibility and the time and just having to, that deadline that I need to reach versus you have to be in at this time on these days. Like, I just, I don't like that box. <laughs> I definitely, definitely get it. And some of my coworkers at places where I've worked formerly, they do, yeah, the same role as, as an employee of a company and things like that. So I know sometimes those who are considering freelancing are concerned about things like insurance. Can you tell us or offer any insight for not necessarily like this insurance company works for my family, but any insights to those who are considering freelancing and things like that, or how to get started, or how much time does it take to build up clients? Any insight just into kind of the freelancing aspect of all of this? Sure. So when I was looking at leaving teaching, I remember thinking, oh my gosh, how am I ever going to do this? It just seemed big and scary and overwhelming, especially the freelancing part of it. It seems so unstable. But in my experience, it's actually much more stable <laughs> because I'm betting on myself. And like many of you listening, you are always the best bet because you're a hard worker, you're smart, you're, you're all these things that are super wonderful that people love to have, you know, in a company. Um, and so I know now that betting on myself is always a good idea. Uh, and so because of that, things have actually gotten so much better. I remember when I first left, I thought, how am I ever going to replace my teaching income? And now, it, I mean, it's just, it's just ridiculous how much more I make and how much, how much, more as possible that didn't feel even, it wasn't even on my radar because things are just so different. So all that to say, what seems possible to you now isn't necessarily what's actually possible. What's actually possible is so much more than you can see. And I like using the analogy of the observable universe. So there's only this certain amount that we can see with telescopes, with you know the, the technology that we currently have. There's only so much of the universe that we can see. But based on evidence, science, scientists think that there's so much more out there. And so I like to think of what is possible for us as the observable universe. We see this teeny, teeny, tiny little thing. It feels big to us um, because that's all we've ever known, but it feels big. We've only ever known that, but what's actually possible is so much more humongous than we can dream of. And so our limitation is really just ourselves. And so if you're thinking, I'm never going to be able to replace my teaching income, you're absolutely right. But if you're thinking, I wonder if I could make an extra thousand or an extra 2000 or an extra 500 or 50 or whatever it is. Um, but giving yourself those next, those next steps to take, um, I think is really valuable, uh, to be able to be like, oh my gosh, I did that. Now what else can I do? So that would be my first thing. And then, uh, for insurance. So we looked at a lot of different places. This kind of goes along too, with feeling like it's super hard and there's, 
I mean, all I had ever known was somebody else taking care of my insurance for me with my, with the companies that I work for. And so now sometimes I'll tell teachers like, yeah, you know, we have our own insurance and they'll assume they'll say, well, your spouse must, must have great insurance. And I'm like, no, we both work at home and we picked our own, like we do insurance privately. And so, um, it took a lot of, it took a lot of looking at different things and being really confused and kind of going back to that. When you first start something, you're really bad at it. Usually that's how it was with insurance. I was like, no idea what to pick, no idea what these things mean. And honestly, I kind of think sometimes insurance companies make it a little difficult to understand. Um, that's my personal opinion. Sorry if you're listening and you work for an insurance company, but it just, it just seems at least at the beginning, it seemed really difficult, really, really difficult to understand. Um, but the more I looked into it and then I started calling insurance companies and I would just say, I don't understand this part. I'm thinking about, about having used my insurance provider. Can you explain this to me? And so having somebody explain it, and of course they were happy to, because they want to make the sale. And so they explained it to me. And through that process, I was able to have a better idea of what we wanted, what was the best fit for us. And I mean, I just had a baby about a year ago. So that was under that insurance and everything was fine and (laughs) all of that. So I think just kind of plugging away and, and realizing you don't have to pick it in a day. You can take a few weeks, you can take a few months, um, especially if you're teaching still now, starting to look at your options is a great idea. For everyone hearing this, they just need to know like a lot of work went into this and not oh. only like work, but mindset work. The fact that you just mentioned everything about like the observable universe just shows and shares really well that you have such an open mindset. You know, you're very, very open to ideas, to learning, to growth, all of that. I think that's really important for everyone to hear that. It's a great influence also. Let's talk about next steps. Mm -hmm. If a person is interested in this and they're like, okay, well, I have a skill gap as Mm -hmm. we call it. What would you recommend they do? to fill that gap to, mm-hmm. and by doing so to feel more qualified, prepared, confident, all of that. Yeah. So the biggest thing to get that confidence is to practice. And you may be thinking, well, I don't have any clients. How can I practice? Um, so what I started doing, um, not just then, but now also I still do this is I'll look at the emails that are coming from my inbox, or I'll also look at, or I'll watch people's videos and I'll write up a sample email of like how I would write if I were them. And, um, I don't even usually send it to them. It's just a practice for me to kind of do that. And so I do that when I'm at the doctor's office, I do that when I'm out and about, I just kind of am thinking of those things because the more I think about them, the more that it it helps me think like somebody else thinks and really put myself in their shoes. So that would be the first thing that I'd say to do. The next thing that I would say to do is um, have some kind of learning that you're doing. So if you're practicing, but you're not getting feedback, you're not having like any kind of structure to it as it can be more harm than good. And I know you guys know that because you're teachers. So you know how it is if somebody, if a student is learning something, but they're not (laughs) learning the right something, uh, you know, if they're learning two plus two is five instead of two plus two is four, um, that's going to do more harm than good. So having somebody that can, whether it's a mentor or a course or something like that, that can at least get you started is going to be incredibly helpful. If you can also get somebody that's going to give you feedback, that's even better. Um, I, at the beginning, I would get a lot of feedback from clients. Um, and even now still, I ask them to create a loom video as they go through it, letting me know, here's where it doesn't quite sound like me. Here's what I loved. Um, and just kind of hearing them go through it has been incredibly helpful. So if you, when you have your first client, I would suggest doing that and even after your first client, but, um, we do have a workshop it's called learn to ghostwrite emails. And that's something that's just like a two hour workshop, but it helps take you through the, the, 
way that we think about things, how we ghostwrite for people, what we're looking for, those kind of things. Um, and I think something like that is incredibly valuable because not only are you learning from somebody that's doing it and doing it well, you're also getting to see examples of what's working and not working too. Excellent. I love that. We will link to that in the show notes. Um, you also mentioned how you practiced, you know, and had different examples of what you would write for different clients. That reminded me, my husband and I were listening recently to, um, one of his friends is a voice talent. Mm -hmm. So instead of writing something for a client, they, they speak it, it's recorded and it becomes like commercials and whatnot anyway. And it, we were listening to his kind of promo of his voice samples. And we were like, holy cow, he did something for that company and for this company and that company, and, you know, one in one of the promos, his voice is like incredibly dramatic mm -hmm. and intense. And another, it's very like sportsy, like a uh, sports newscaster or something and all of these different kind of voice styles that he was using. And then after we listened to it, we were like, wait, 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 wait. he didn't, I don't think he actually had these gigs with these clients. This is just his promo reel, but it shows off his voice incredibly, incredibly well. And what a cool way to have a portfolio. Anyway, just reminded me exactly what you're saying. Like just write it for yourself. Yeah. Show that you can have a different voice in different ways, um, in, in writing as well. So yeah, that's really cool. That's really neat. That's a good idea. This is really interesting. Very cool to hear his voice mm -hmm. in so many different voices, so to speak. So, um, okay. So let's say someone's filled the skill gap. Let's say they've used the workshop that you have and had experienced expert level guidance on this by doing that. And now they're ready to actually land opportunities. Mm -hmm. I know that you've mentioned, you know, you hire people, you have people, but, and so that's great. And they can find out more about that. We'll again, link to that workshop. Um, but let's say they want to do what you do. How would you recommend they go about it? If it's finding openings, you know, job openings or connecting with clients. Um, yeah. Or maybe it's something about a resume or portfolio. What would you recommend? So the best way I've been able to get clients, and actually I still do this today, uh, about 90%, well, not more, more than that, like 98% of our clients come from referrals. And so it really only takes one client to work with to get tons more clients um, that love you and love working with you. And so one thing that I think is really helpful that a lot of people skip out on doing is having some kind of, some kind of sales process. So um, from start to finish, what is your, not just sales process, but your writing process. What do you do um, when the client says yes? What do you do when the client says no? What do you do when um, they are ready to work with you and want to do a payment plan? What do you do when they're ready to work with you and want to pay in full? But thinking through those things um, is really, really helpful and will keep things from going through the cracks. Uh, and then also helps you get referrals, helps you get testimonials, all of those things. So having some kind of process from start to finish on how you reach out to clients, how you do all that. Um, and then as far as getting the client, like I said, you really only need to get one and then you can um, get referrals from there. But to get that first client, uh, I would talk to people that I already know. A lot of people that you probably already know need something written. Um, and even if it's not ghostwritten, but just writing something for them to get your foot in the door. But uh, a lot of people, you know, need something written. And so you may not know that they need something written because they probably haven't said anything to you because they don't know that you want to write. And so letting people know that you want to write is a great first step to getting more clients. Um, I also add a lot of value into Facebook groups, especially when I'm looking for new clients. Um, I'll add value in Facebook groups. And then typically what happens is people will email me or message me and say, oh my gosh, can you do this for me? 
Um, and I'll say, yes, absolutely. Of course I can. Uh, but I'm making sure that I'm offering value and that I'm truly helping them and not just, um, not just there trying to get clients, but I'm actually there with the intention of helping. And then the getting clients is really a, a happy byproduct of it. Um, that happens like most of the time. <laughs> um, it just so happens to come with the territory of helping people. Great. Yeah. Territory of helping people and serving people. You're an incredible example of that. Brittany, thank you so much for sharing what you do, what it's like, how others can know if they would like it. And if so, how to get started and then land something. It's been incredibly insightful and helpful from a very, coming from a very, you know, personal place and experience. So if you have any closing thoughts or two tips for transitioning teachers, yeah, what would those be? Um, my first tip would be to spend more time around people that see a larger observable universe than you do. Um, because I spent more time with people that were doing more than I was currently, or that wanted to, or that were, um, doing more than I was currently, or that just have this broader perspective of what's possible. It helped me to see that more was possible for me too. If I continued to hang out with people that were always doing the same thing or kept telling me that it wasn't possible, I would have, I probably would have believed them. And so um, that is up to you also, because I know some people will tell me, well, everybody in my life is negative. Everybody in my life tells me I can't do it. Find new people in your life. <laughs> I mean, there's the internet, like you can, you can really reach out to anybody, meet anybody. Um, it is your responsibility. It's not anybody else's, nobody else is going to do it for you. If you really want to change your life, start spending time with more people that are seeing the bigger, a bigger picture than you currently are. And you'll start to see a bigger picture too. And so for me, when I first started, that was reading books like Brian Tracy's, uh, change your, I think it was change your something and change your life. I can't remember change your something changes, life. I can't remember exactly what it was, but his book, uh, Darren Hardy's the compound effect. Both of those books were incredibly, um, useful for me. So that'd be the first thing that I'd say. And then the second thing I'd say is to get started today. There will always be a reason not to start <laughs> always. Um, but for me, I, I can look back at starting and think, man, I wish I had started sooner <laughs> because there is so much more goodness and so much more fullness of life that is waiting for all of us when we get to live life on our own terms. And um, so the sooner you can start, the better. Just start, start now, start. Like the best time to start was a year from now. The next best time is right now. So start today, like stop listening right now, go start and just get, get going on this. Awesome. Brittany, you're such a good example of, of all of this. Thank you so much for everything you shared. Thanks for, you know, your personal friendship, your influence on all of this. And so, like I said, at the very beginning, like among my favorite things related to work, it's the people I get to do things with. So thanks mm -hmm. for being here. Well, awesome. thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Okay. Take care. This episode may have ended, but connecting doesn't have to. Join us on Facebook or Instagram and get the support and inspiration you need in your personal educator path. If you're loving the podcast, help us spread the word. Leave a review or screenshot the episode, share it on social media, and be sure to tag us at Teacher Transition. Who knows? We may even feature what you share on our social media feed too. Until next time, teacher friends, be sure to click subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the upcoming episodes. Good luck with the great things you're up to right now and keep looking forward to the amazing things to come.